This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell, joined in the studio today by the Toledo Symphony's principal second violin and artistic administrator, Merwin Sue. We also have the TSO's intrepid music director, Elaine Trudell, here with us, and also in the studio, a very special guest. Let me pull up a little fanfare for you. I have to say I love it when they dance. When we bring out the fanfare, a little chair dancing there from our special guest, that is Jennifer Cresswell, who is a wonderful soprano, also singing the soprano role in The Messiah with the Toledo Symphony upcoming. And I should say, uh, Jennifer and I are related, but we're not going to go there. There she is denying it already. (laughs) We're not going to go there during the course of this podcast. We are here to talk about Messiah and the wonderful production that is upcoming with the Toledo Symphony. Elaine Trudell is conducting it. Merwin Sue is playing in it. Jennifer Cresswell is singing in it. This is happening this weekend on Sunday, December 5th at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It's at Rosary Cathedral um, there are uh, some other concerts that are taking place during the month of December, and maybe we'll start with that, Merlin, because we've got Christmas at the Peristyle before that. You've got some runouts that you're doing this year. I mean, the big news is, of course, that we're able to gather once more and do something like Messiah in a sacred space uh, with an audience. I think it's both incredibly challenging and also incredibly rewarding because it's amazing to be able to meet people where they are in their home congregations and to be able to kind of forge those connections kind of in their home spaces, so to speak. So we're going to be going to Bryan, Ohio. We're going to be going to Napoleon and Fostoria. And we haven't been able to make all of our runout concerts work, but we have been able to kind of take those steps back towards normal and to be able to bring this joyous music of the season to all of these different communities throughout the region we serve. So the Messiah is on Sunday afternoons at 3 o'clock. It's at Rosary Cathedral. But you're also doing uh, the day before that on Saturday afternoon, you're doing Christmas at the Peristyle. Remind us what, what that concert is all about. Well, it's a wonderful chance for people to kind of experience kind of a family style Christmas concert, but in our home venue at the Peristyle and Alain Trudel will be conducting. We've had a, you know, a lot of negotiations to bring some special guests. Some were easy negotiations from just a little bit north. Some were more difficult <laughs> negotiations from very, very, very far north. Let me but, guess. <laughs> but I think we're going to, you know, the, you know, all all these immigration things that you have to deal with with the North Pole, it's very, very complicated. Right. But, you know, we're, well, we're looking you, forward to it. You and Elaine being Canadians, you're familiar with, you know, immigration from up north. I <laughs> Diplomatic imagine. immunity, I'm sure. Yes, exactly. <laughs> as long as Burl Ives is not making a, a special appearance well, on we, the concert. Well, we know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> very, very nice. So now this is the first time that you, Elaine, and Jennifer have, have been like in the same room together, right? True. Th- this is your chance, you know, yeah. to talk about what you expect from her when you <laughs> when you go on stage <laughs> to do Messiah. What, 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 what are you looking for in, in a soloist? For, well, uh, Jennifer, in measure four. <laughs> 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 
Okay. I love that you think I read music. <laughs> <laughs> Fooled again. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, no. what, what kind of a soloist, what kind of singer well, does it take? It takes, uh, uh, all our singers have to be very flexible because we're going, it's like the orchestra, you know, like you just mentioned that we're playing uh, Christmas and the Pear style the, the day before, which is like, you know, all out and uh, lots of, uh, lots of fun stuff and uh, the the Yuletide medley and things like that. And yeah. then the next day we have to get back into the Baroque zone and play something that is a bit more like uh, sounding like pure and uh, having that kind of sound. So for the singers, it's also difficult because one day you're doing an opera somewhere, another day you're singing Oratorio, another day it's a recital. So yeah, I'm just looking for, first of all, people of great talent. Yeah. I think we put together a quartet and a chorus that's amazing. Uh, and for the first time, we're gonna have a countertenor singing uh yeah that's interesting despised and all that so i it's um if i can go into messiah a little bit uh our let messiah. me let me pull up some music okay. for you a little background music all right let's hear elaine's messiah background <laughs> story here <laughs> first of all that's not the style you will be hearing on the concert <laughs> okay well we can we can try this it's all good <laughs> i'm so happy that you said that <laughs> Oh. And that's not the tempo either. So, but, 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 <laughs> okay, keep well, trying. <laughs> let's try something else. That's not Messiah, but... but oh, well, it's a, it would be a good entrance for somebody, right? Yeah. Okay. But it's a good style. That, that's great. Yeah, so it's okay. going to sound a little bit more like that. Um, without the, the Queen uh, Sheba. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, um, so, um, the difficulty for us, uh, because, of course, we're coming back in this COVID era of uh, playing a, a messiah so we cannot go for three hours with the people there and go and have you know because for for safety reasons so i brought it down to an hour and a half with keeping the narrative and also keeping a chorus though on stage which we cannot have a big full chorus we need to have a chamber chorus so yeah. we put together a, a chorus uh, and i really have to give a big shout out to uh, richard schnipke he d he's doing such an amazing job putting that chorus together and it's just 20 singers right? but it's not just 20 singers it's going to be very strong and and they're actually in front of the orchestra which is very different than what we do normally well on front and a little bit on the side so people can see the soloist and the orchestra but uh, with they, these are all things we have to think about uh, in this uh, covid environment yeah. so so everybody will feel safe that's the number one thing so if you come to this concert uh, there's a few tickets left, but if you come to the concert, you will be have a, a great moment uh, of actually a moment that uh, before you go out and buy all the gifts and uh, prepare all the food and all that <laughs> and get all uh, sucked up into the, the mercantile aspect of Christmas, it's good to have a moment to remember that it's also about something else. So, uh, you know, Santa will come and see us the day before, but it's good to, to, to I mean, it's it's basically a, an, one of the greatest story ever told. Yeah. yeah, and and people can have their opinion on it. I mean, you know, I'm not saying this is a well, if not a not a, a, an actual religious experience, no. it's certainly a spiritual experience for many people. Well, it's, I think it's important that before you get into the craziness of Christmas, that you have a moment to repose and a moment to reflect. Yeah. And this is a great moment for that. And I tried to keep a narrative, a dramatic narrative throughout that hour and a half. It's not just, oh, here, here are all the greatest hits 
of Messiah. It's not the greatest. Well, yes, because you know all the all the numbers almost are greatest hits, and Messiah. No, I mean this is an incredible piece, but. Uh, it was important to keep a narrative so it's not just it doesn't finish with hallelujah which is the, the at the end of the second part right. because but Nathan, you need to have the passion after that so we continue into that we're going to the final uh, amen so it's we keep it's, it's an hour and a half but it's a full messiah in an hour and a half if yeah. i can if i can express myself that way well Yay! let's also keep in mind that you're performing in rosary cathedral and that acoustic is going to make a 20 member chorus sound like a hundred people you know in that space because oh, yeah, there's so much yeah. reverberation um you almost have to have some kind of a chamber forces in order to make a, you know the sound come alive well way. it's very often performed that way i mean it's a uh, with, with so uh, so few singers you need to have like uh, the utmost quality of each of the individual uh can be there i mean there's a, a lot of ways of doing messiah this is the way we're doing this year and this is the way we we have to do for uh, health security yeah. also but you know it's also a very musical way i mean it's uh, it doesn't cheapen the the artistic experience at all I think it's something very, um, very true to Handel as a composer and an empresario himself. He was incredibly resourceful and incredibly adaptable as a composer. And you know, it's like, oh, I have French horns. Cool. Let's throw some French horns in there. It's like, <laughs> oh, what key can my particular soloist feel comfortable in? We will make that happen. Yeah. And so I think that that's something that I certainly feel that like, you know, if you're thinking about a composer who's works kind of fit the spirit of a COVID environment. I think Handel would have been incredibly adaptable as oh, a composer. And I think he, so yeah. I feel like it's very kind of true to the spirit. And so many composers and conductors have made their own arrangements of that yeah. music over the years, including Mozart, who added all the, you know, wind instruments. I, so, I, I've done that one on the Mozart, the famous Mozart 250th year. Yeah. The one we did Messiah that year, because, you know, we all do Messiah every year. Well, actually, it's my first in Toledo. So that's, uh, I'm very excited about that. This one is that. your first one? This is my first one with the wow. Toledo Symphony. That's so, fantastic. Yeah. No. <laughs> Give me some applause for that. Well, so, Jennifer, it's your first time singing it here too, right? It is my first time singing it here, although um, as a Toledo area native, um, my mother actually sang in the chorus for Messiah for... <laughs> for as long as I can remember, and I can remember being about five years old and going to hear her uh, be a part of that. But also, um, I'm I'm especially excited to do it here because um, the first aria that the soprano sings, Rejoice Greatly, is um, an aria that um, my voice type as an opera singer is not often called on to do Messiah, but um, that particular piece, I actually won my very first singing competition in when I was 14 years old wow. uh, with the Adrian Symphony Orchestra. Um, this would have been a, quite a while ago, but um, that was a piece that I wanted to sing when I was first getting interested in, in singing classical music. And um, it worked out really well. And so it's always had a really special place like in my memory bank as an artist. That's wonderful. Yay! Well, we look forward to uh, hearing it uh, this weekend at the Rosary Cathedral. Um, now, Jenny, when we were talking before we started the uh, the podcast today, you gave me a, a little biography of Handel. 
You said Handel was a German composer. What, what was the rest of that? Because I took I took that football and ran with it. So Did you? you? Go, yeah, you go ahead and tell me first. Well, of all. anything to make your job easier. I just said that that um, after the success of Messiah, no doubt um, George Handel packed up and moved to Ohio and opened up a hand dipped ice cream place. Oh, oh good. Okay. yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Well, that brings us to our quiz, right? So this is the first part of our quiz. It's a Handel and Handel's quiz. Oh, boy. oh okay. I'm actually very worried now. So I, there, there I, are four okay? parts. I have, to, I have to use the washroom. I'll be right back. <laughs> well, look at the time, right? No, this is a, a four-part quiz, and we can do uh, two parts, and we'll come back. So you don't you don't answer the questions, Jennifer. The way that we do this is that I... I have four questions for each part, and this is why you have like a little paper and, oh. and pen there. You can write down your answer to each of them, and then toward the end, we'll go back and, and we'll tally them up and we'll see who did right and who did wrong. So you don't have to answer right away. You just write your answers down, okay? Uh, so this alternates between questions about George Frederick Handel and questions about Handel's ice cream, right? Or just ice cream in particular. I'm going so, to do really well on half of this quiz. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, wh which half are we talking about? Well, the, yes. de the delicious half. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Well, this is uh, the other half right now. We're going to start with uh, four questions about George Frederick Handel. Uh, let me bring up a little music for this. You'll recognize that as the music for the Royal Fireworks. Okay. Which of these constellations shares a nickname with Handel? Is it Ursa Major, Ursa Major, <laughs> or Taurus, or Orion? So Ursa Major, the Great Bear, Taurus the Bull, or Orion the Hunter? It's one of those three. Second question. Handel's father wanted him to be a lawyer instead of a musician. But his mother encouraged his talent. What did she do? Did she let him sing in the children's choir at church? Did she sneak a clavichord into the house so he could secretly practice? Or did she secretly engage a private music teacher for the young George Friedrich? A, B, or C? Third question. During a dress rehearsal for one of his operas, the soprano refused to sing Handel's aria. <laughs> What was Handel's response? Did he threaten to throw her out the window? Did he cancel the performance? Or did he get a new soprano? Don't want to give Elaine any ideas here, but I don't <laughs> think you guys will have any problem with that. So A, B, or C. Out the window, cancel the show, or get a new singer. That better be a sizable window. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'll say to that. Nice. Okay. Last question in this part of the quiz. Which of the following statements is true about this music? Music for the Royal Fireworks, right? When it first came out. King George asked for a military band only. Percussion, brass, and winds. No fiddles, as he <laughs> called them. The second statement is uh, there was an open rehearsal which caused a traffic jam. 12,000 people showed up. Ended up closing London Bridge down for hours. Third statement is a gunner had his hand blown off during rehearsal while four <laughs> others were injured or set on fire at the performance. One of them was blinded and the pavilion caught fire. Which of those statements? And of course, it can be all of the above or none of the above. 
Okay. Now that wasn't so hard, was it? <laughs> did you guys answer every one of those questions? We'll come back a little bit later and we'll check and see how you did. Okay. But but let's let's move on. I want to talk a little <clears throat> bit more about the singers and the difference between because Elaine, you you've conducted a lot of opera. You've worked mm -hmm. with a lot of opera singers. And also a lot of big, you know, concert stuff. You just did that, that Das Lied von der Erde here, which involves uh, a mezzo and a tenor. And they're really big, big, big voices that these works call for. What is your approach when it comes to Messiah and, and casting Messiah? And talk a little bit about the idea behind uh, using a countertenor mm -hmm. for this performance. Well, uh, it's interesting about casting Messiah as you were talking about opera, <clears throat> uh, you know, so Messiah is what we call oratorio, uh, and uh, it's basically you tell the story, but you don't have the props and all the movement. But for me, Messiah is like uh, I see Messiah as an, as an opera personally. I've always, I've always thought it would be like the best, the best opera because the story, of course, is so dramatic and it's so um, evolved, you know, and, and everything that happens there, and also it's complete. It goes from announcing something, uh, announcement, <laughs> to actual birth, to the life, to the passion. Yeah. It's like, wow. Cradle to the grave and beyond. <laughs> well, yeah, right? I actually yeah. saw it as an opera once. It, it, uh, after uh, all, it uh, is the greatest story ever told. So <laughs> <laughs> it definitely makes exactly. a good opera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, you want to talk about Harry Potter, right? <laughs> no, okay, sorry. <laughs> no. Okay. But um, for me, I, I need people who can actually... Uh, want to also because uh, it's one thing to be able but it's another thing to be into it to tell the story so that's why in this version that we're doing some numbers I've kept some numbers I've I haven't kept but uh, some of them are, are are recits that I kept because we need to get the narrative keep do to keep it going and we need to have an idea of course we sing in the baroque style but the idea is that it's an opera more than more than just singing at uh, different numbers so there needs to be something logical so everybody i got are people that you know have been in opera and not not just typical oratorio singer mind there's nothing wrong with that everybody can do what they want but for me that was important um one thing i uh, i'll tell you about my soloist a little bit especially our our uh, bass baritone soloist so um but you mentioned before that uh, about the counter tenor mm -hmm. personally uh Culturally, I've, I've all, almost always done it with a countertenor, uh, singing the, the second part. Now, of course, it can be a mezzo, it can be an alto. I've done it a few times, uh, very successfully. I mean, they're, they're fantastic singers. But uh, there's something about, you know, like he, he was despised. Like, it, it feels like there's something uh, in the subconscious that, that you're talking about yourself instead of just having somebody else talking about it. I mean, there's all kinds of different things that can happen when you listen to it with a countertenor. Also, it's really in the, as we say, in the pocket. It's really in the right register. If you have a countertenor that has some meaty uh, low notes. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. sometimes, nowadays especially, a lot of countertenors are borderline uh, male sopranos. And, and I was looking for a countertenor that would actually add some meat uh, in, in the lower range there to, to really sing those numbers. Yeah. Well, you, you often hear it done with a contralto, you yeah. know, a female, a low yeah. female voice. So I can see the countertenor 
you know, lining up with that yeah, idea and, and bringing something new to it. You and know? and also there's a certain purity in the voice of that uh, on a higher male voice than, than a very low uh, woman voice, right. uh, which is absolutely amazing. And that's Lied van der Erde, for example, we had with Susan Platt, just the, the, the range of, and, and but I'm looking for a voice that is more, lifting uh, more in the higher register of a man, etc. Now we have a wonderful, speaking of the men singers, uh, uh, Tyrese Bird, the wonderful singer who comes from us, uh, from, uh, well, they're all people that have a link to the region also, either from uh, Toledo, of course, but also Ann Arbor and Detroit and uh, and the rest of Ohio also, you'll see in the course that we have. So uh, Tyrese comes from uh, uh, to us from uh, Detroit. And a very, very good singer. Also, it's somebody that a lot of people will discover. All right? Some of our singers, of course, people know Jennifer. But the other singers, people here will go like, oh, it's going to be that that also I heard them first. Because, uh, you know, they, they're going to say, oh, well, because part of my job is to scout talent also, right? So, I, and I went like, oh, yeah, yeah. So people in Toledo will be able to say, you know what? I remember when I heard this person do the Messiah in Toledo and now they're singing at the Met and everywhere. It's like, yeah. wow. And of course, our bass baritone, I want to spend a bit of time with, the, his, his name is uh, Thomas Adries. And the thing that's interesting, he's a, uh, he's a Toledo boy, uh, now works in uh, Cincinnati. And uh, what's really interesting is that his mother in 1956 sang the solo soprano part uh, of Messiah in Toledo with, with the, the orchestra here. No. Oh. So there's a, a kind of there's a connection there coming full circle for right. for him. I, I know it's very a very emotional moment uh, for him also. But he still had to audition for the part, right? Uh, he auditioned <laughs> for me. Uh, uh, actually, uh, the the people I know they, they you know they usually you you learn about them if you don't know them already or by reputation they have to audition for you. I didn't know Thomas. Uh, it was about four years ago. He auditioned for me. It's interesting, like singers when they come to audition for a conductor, you. I, that's the thing I always say when you know if they sing very well. If they if they don't sing very well, I am polite. I say thank you and good luck. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but 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 if they if if they sing well, I I I always say well, you know, uh, you might not get a call from me like this year or something. But it's really I keep it in the back of my mind. I say oh, I'm finding the right casting for you. It's yeah. finding the right casting so that when the person finally you hire them and they come, it makes a big difference. It makes uh, for for your community, for their career, for everything. It's all it's it's win win win, you know. So, Otherwise, it's not just getting a singer because they sing well. You know? Yeah. So, would you say the first time you heard Jenny sing that? And uh, Jenny, it was different a little bit because Jenny, I had um, it was a new opera. It has nothing to do with Handel. <laughs> what, what what's that new modern opera you you were doing? Interstate. Uh, uh, my God. And and it was like, okay, this is virtuoso singing. I was like, okay, if you can sing that. And I didn't know you actually, you know, sang um, Rejoice when you were younger. No, I didn't know the story behind that, which no. is fascinating and it's beautiful. But I, I went like, oh my God, this is okay. Because in Baroque, you need to have somebody with good technique that, that, that can jump from one note to another without smearing anything, you know? So I said, okay, we're going to be just fine with that. You know? Yeah, that's So great. That's, that's what motivated me. I Yay! I <laughs> I will confess that I um told my um well I I co-wrote the libretto for Interstate as well and I I told my co-librettist and co-star Kathleen Kelly and also the composer Kamala Shankaram that I was hired to sing Messiah based on someone watching Interstate <laughs> and for those who don't know Interstate was um 
It's a two-person performance chamber opera based on, or inspired by, rather, the friendship between Eileen Warnos, um, America's, well, known as America's first female serial killer, and her childhood friend. <laughs> so, um, so just like Messiah, basically. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That will be all. Okay. <laughs> actually, I, I do think one of the things that's, it, it's actually really interesting about that is there is this sense of kind of in that responding to a keyboard it's almost like there's almost a continual feel to the entire to that entire opera but I think one of the things that makes that such a a calling card possibility is that it's the type of abandon in performance that you you have to have incredible technique to sustain Mm -hmm. because otherwise it kind of it's it i think the piece could fl- i mean and i don't know the piece nearly as well but it feels like it could fly off the rails if there isn't just that ability to kind of keep it and in a way one of the things that is amazing about broke, broke opera is that in some ways the track is quite narrow mm-hmm. and but it's move but the the, the speed of the car is so fast that's that's absolutely true and yeah. and singing handle um, there, for me at least, with my instrument, there's a sense of excitement mm-hmm. that that while staying in that lane, yeah. at any given point, right, like yeah, one absolutely. false move and it's all coming off the tracks. Yeah. So, <laughs> not that I not that I plan on flying off the tracks, no. but <laughs> it's going to be exciting. It is, and I, yeah. but I do think that's that was what drew us to to this because it was like. Because yeah. I haven't heard you sing that close to the rails before, ah, and so yeah. you know, so it was it was fun to watch that, and mm. it was it was what what we kind of responded to. Okay, Fantastic. well, let's take a quick little break here, and let me pull up some music, and we'll do uh, the second part of our quiz here, <laughs> handle and handles quiz. So this one is going to be about ice cream. Okay, what event caused the invention of Sundays? Was it an unexpected surplus of chocolate syrup? Was it the blue laws that prohibited the sale of ice cream sodas? Or was it the founding of the International Rare Fruit Council who was looking to bank on the popularity of ice cream, A, B, or C? One of those three caused the invention of the ice cream sundae. Okay, speaking of, the biggest ice cream sundae in history weighed 24 tons. Where was it made? Was it in Edmonton, Alberta? Was it in Juneau, Alaska? Or was it in Reykjavik, Iceland? A, B, or C. What else besides ice cream did Ben and Jerry's sell at their first store? Soup, crepes, or pottery? Or all of the above or none of the above. That applies to everything. Although I doubt you could make an ice cream sundae in all three of those cities. But <laughs> if it was big enough. <laughs> yeah. If it was well, it was twenty-four tons. Yeah. So. Final question here: Dolly Madison popularized ice cream in the White House. What was her favorite flavor? Was it oyster? Was it parmesan? Or was it asparagus? One of those three was her favorite flavor of ice cream. That's all one way to make sure that nobody steals your ice cream. (laughs) 
Good thinking. Just in case you wondered whether we spend time preparing for these quizzes, that question tells you it's totally worthless to try. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you know what? I think we should run through and, and get through this first part because I know, Jennifer, you have to leave. Uh, you have to leave probably before we get through all of this. So for our mini quiz for part one, okay, let's go mm -hmm. back to the handle uh, mm -hmm. part of the quiz. Which of these constellations shares a nickname with handle? It was Ursa Major, the Great oh. Bear. Handel was often called the Great Bear because he was great, big, and bear-like. Mm -hmm. Okay. Handel's father wanted him to be a lawyer instead of a musician. His mother encouraged his talent. Oh, by the way, did anybody get Great Bear? I did not. I Can't did, but you couldn't see me raise my hand on the air. Okay. <laughs> well, that's all right. That's what I'm here for, to say Jenny's raising her hand. Okay. <laughs> Second question, Handel's father wanted him to be a lawyer. His mother encouraged his talent by doing what? Uh, she actually snuck a clavichord into the house so he yeah. could practice it secretly. Anybody get that? All three. Yeah. Okay. During a dress rehearsal for one of his operas, the soprano refused <laughs> to sing her aria. What was Handel's response? He grabbed her by the waist and threatened to throw her out the window. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody Rosary else get that? Really? <laughs> of course the conductor got it. I, I had that one. Elaine <laughs> got it. Merwin got it. Okay. I, I will say that there's a difference between threatening to throw a soprano out the window and actually throwing her. So so That's I'd true. like to call um, disqualification on that question. <laughs> okay. Well, we, I want to point out that Rosary Cathedral has very expensive windows. Yeah. So just, That's <laughs> right. And they're very high up. And, and we have very good soloists, so we're okay. <laughs> and, and we have extra thick windows here in the studio, so <laughs> we're all chances sad. are. Chances oh, I gotta are redo. Uh, <laughs> gotta yeah. put some weight behind that. It's not gonna work well. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's, let's finish this out. Which of the following was true about the music for the royal fireworks? King George wanted a military band only, no fiddles. Open rehearsal caused a traffic jam that closed London Bridge for hours. A gunner had his hand blown off during rehearsal. Four others were injured or set on fire at the performance. One was blinded, and the pavilion caught on fire and remained on fire till like 2 o'clock in the morning. All of the above. Mm -hmm. All yeah. of that happened. I'm sure, yeah, yeah, everybody got it, right? You So far, at, you guys are like tied, a perfect tie. <laughs> So that part was a perfect tie, a three-way tie. No, okay. no, but she, she was the only one who got the first answer. Yeah, but... I didn't get the window get the answer. answer. Oh, you didn't get On the account window. of the fact oh. that you changed yeah. the question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been okay. known to do that. I'm the host. I can do that. Okay. Okay. Ice cream quiz. What event caused the invention of Sundays? It was the Blue Laws. They, they prohibited the sale of ice cream sodas... So they came up with taking away the soda so it would fit the, the actual letter of the law, and they called them Sundays because they could serve them on Sunday. They later had to change the spelling of Sundays to the spelling we know now because all the uh, Methodists complained about it. So that's why blue laws. Okay. Hmm. Biggest ice cream Sunday in history. You have to know this one, uh, guys. Merwin oh, no. has to know, definitely. I did not. I thought I would have totally known, but I didn't. Really? No, I thought it was Reykjavik. No, it was Edmonton. Oh, they they Edmonton. could fit it in the West Edmonton Mall. That's true. Yeah. So did anybody, first of all, get the blue laws? Anybody get that question? Merwin got it. Anybody get Edmonton? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Nobody. Zero. A big zero for Edmonton. Hey. Okay. Hey. <laughs> we should mention you're you from can... Edmonton, right? How long have you been saving that line? <laughs> What else besides ice cream did Ben and Jerry sell at their first story? 
store, soup, <laughs> crepes, or pottery. All three. They oh, sold all three. Yeah. They wanted to be a bagel shop. That was the original idea, but the bagel-making uh, equipment was too expensive, so they went for ice cream instead. And the rest is history, as they say. Mm-hmm. Okay, Dolly Madison popularized ice cream in the White House. What was her favorite flavor? I can't believe the quiz is coming down to this. I'm just saying. <laughs> I think we need to put some suspense. Maybe we get the drum roll in and figure <laughs> out whether it's oyster or Parmesan or whatever. Yeah. By I'm the very... way, I keep forgetting to ask. who Did anybody get that previous question? Soup, yeah, crepes, and pottery? Yeah. Okay, Jennifer and Elaine. So We're all tied. For yeah. the last one. For so this last one, it comes out to Dolly Madison. Dolly Madison's cream. favorite ice cream flavor. All three of these, by the way, were popular ice cream flavors at the time. <laughs> they were found in popular cookbooks, but her favorite was oyster Yay! ice cream. Anybody choose oyster? Oysterific. <laughs> and Merwin for the win. <laughs> Merwin, Merwin won that quiz. Congratulations. That's great. And your prize is a pint of oyster ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I wish I'd have thought that far ahead. I I, it, would have, it would have to be self-made. I don't think that I could. We can ask candles. <laughs> can you imagine if, if, like, when we celebrate this nation's birthday or whatever, we all serve only those three flavors of ice cream? Our, asparagus over here. Definitely. Asparagus, no. oyster. Definitely oyster. not coming oh to your gosh. house for well, okay, so uh, July 4th. Which one would you take? Yeah, if you guys had to choose a favorite ice Parmesan. cream. Which yeah, Parmesan. I, I would take Parmesan. Uh, yeah. All yeah. three of us, yeah. yeah. What about you? I, I, no, I would go for Parmesan, I yeah. think. Yeah. Oyster would be too salty of an ice yeah. cream, and asparagus just too, like, chewy, vegetable-y yeah. Yeah. of an ice cream. Mm. I don't know. Asparagus would have to be like a Ben and Jerry flavor of ice cream. Yeah, like, I guess. With the chunks in it. Maybe know. asparagus <laughs> made out of like chocolate or something. Parmesan asparagus swirl. <laughs> <laughs> with a hollandaise core. Oh, nice. All in the great big Sunday. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we'll work on that, definitely. <laughs> um, so Messiah is happening this weekend. It's Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock p.m. at Rosary Cathedral. And uh, the day before that, on Saturday at 3 o'clock p.m., it's Christmas at the Peristyle. You can find all of this uh, stuff on the website of Toledo Symphony. That's toledosymphony.com. Or you can call up the box office and get your tickets that way. If there are any left at this point, that is uh, 419-246-8000. And uh, so Merwin won the quiz. I still have some more quiz questions, but I know, Jenny, you have to go. So, Oh, I have time for just a couple of quiz questions. You have time for a couple of quiz <laughs> questions? Wow, uh, that's the exact okay. opposite of most of our guests. It's like, I'm <laughs> actually staying for an additional quiz round. Is... Merwin, how often do you have a soprano? <laughs> <laughs> you mean on the show? Yeah. Okay, let me pull up a little music. Now, this is not part of Messiah. Are you sure? <laughs> this is uh, this is obviously Scott Joplin. It, it's a little salute to the ice cream truck melodies, ah, you know, ah, and the drive okay. around. How okay. entertaining. Yeah. yeah. So the quiz is ice cream again. 19% of Americans say they eat ice cream in bed. 3% say they eat it where? In the bathtub, in the car, or in front of the mirror? What state made the ice cream cone its official state dessert in 2008? Was it Vermont, was it Missouri, or was it California? What was the first flavor of ice cream as we know it today? 
Was it vanilla swirl? Was it orange blossom? Or was it chocolate? Which founding father loved ice cream so much that they incurred a $6,000 ice cream bill? That's in today's dollars. It was actually $200 back then. During the summer of 1790, when ice cream first became commercially available in Washington. Was it Ben Franklin? Was it Thomas Jefferson? Or was it George Washington? Actually, I don't know if it was in Washington. It was wherever those guys were. Okay. <laughs> so there's that question. Now let's let's quickly do little handle quiz, right? Handel's first professional music job was in Hamburg. What did he do? Did he play the violin at the Goose Market Theater? Did he play the organ at St. Michael's Lutheran Church? Or did he conduct the orchestra at Hamburg Opera? A, B, or C. Handel was almost killed in a sword duel with another composer. He was saved by what? A bassoonist? A button? Or a bear? Bassoonist, button, or bear? Handel's rival in London was Giovanni Bonancini, who inspired a poem by John Byram that compared them to what literary duo? Was it Beatrice and Benedict? Was it Don Quixote and Sancho Panza? Or was it Tweedledum and Tweedledee? And the final one, who said the following about Handel? Go to him and learn how to achieve great effects by such simple means. Was it Joseph Haydn, Wolfgang Mozart, or Ludwig van Beethoven? Alright, I'll give you a second to scribble and we'll go back and we'll check the answers. Okay. 3% of Americans say they eat ice cream in the bathtub. Yay. Anybody get that? All three got yeah. that. Okay. We are the 3%. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently so. What state made the ice cream cone its official state dessert? It was Missouri. Oh. Anybody get that? Anybody get Missouri? No, I went with Vermont because oh, I was yeah. thinking of Ben and Jerry. Yeah, me too. Mm. <laughs> oh, that was a diabolical yes. chuckle. Fooled again. Yes. What was the first flavor of ice cream as we know it today? Keyword as we know it today. Was it vanilla swirl, orange blossom, or chocolate? It was actually orange blossom. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Did you all get that? Yeah. Wow. Is this going to be a tie? Okay. Which founding father spent six grand on ice cream? It was George Washington. He oh. had a huge sweet tooth. What was left of his teeth? He had was that tooth. C? Was that C or? That was C. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it, I got it. it I just forgot. Is that why we say a sweet tooth? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> there's he only, only one. had one. <laughs> okay, switching back to Handel. Handel's first professional music job was as a violinist. He mm. played in the Goose Market Theater, but he played for the opera. So I have no the memory. Was that A? <laughs> that, was that was A. A. Oh, good. <laughs> Anybody get that? Yes. Merwin got it? Oh, boy. I forgot I got it, but I did Okay. Handel was uh, saved by a button. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Fellow composer tried to slice him with a sword and hit a button instead. Did you all get that? Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Handel's rival was Giovanni Bonaccini. The famous poem compares them to Tweedledum and Tweedledee. Oh. Oh, yes. <laughs> later picked up by Lewis Carroll and used in Through the Looking Glass. Who knew? Yeah. She, she got it. Yeah. So who got it? Just Jenny? Yeah. Okay. And finally, who said the following about Handel? Go to him, mm. learn how to achieve great effects by such simple means. That was Ludwig van Beethoven. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is hard to tell. I think it's a tie between... It's totally a tie between uh, Jenny and Merwin, right? Mm -hmm. So we're at a tie. Yay! 
Go out on a high note, as they say. <laughs> That'll cost you extra. <laughs> She's looking at me, Elaine. Don't get nervous. Don't worry. Don't worry. Again, it is happening this weekend. December 4th is Christmas at the Peristyle at 3 o'clock p.m. at the Toledo Museum of Art Peristyle. And Sunday afternoon at Rosary Cathedral, it is the return of Handel's Messiah, conducted by Alain Trudel. Jennifer Cresswell, who joined us today, is the soprano. Tyrese Bird is a tenor. Chuan Yuan Liu, is that how you say it? They're the yep. countertenor. And we have Thomas Dries, the baritone, along with a chorus that is uh, also singing the wonderful music of George Frederick Handel that's happening at uh, 3 o'clock p.m., as I mentioned, on Sunday afternoon. More information at ToledoSymphony.com or 419-246-8000. This program is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony, with generous support from the Rita Barber Kern Foundation. You can download episodes of this program as a podcast by going to our website at wgte.org lab. You can also subscribe to us through your podcast app of choice, including Apple and Google Podcasts. Remember to check out all the upcoming events at the Symphony by visiting their website at ToledoSymphony.com and their various social media outlets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can find the TSO streaming platform online at stream.artstoledo.com. My thanks to Elaine Trudell, Marwin Sue, and Jennifer Cresswell. I'm Brad Cresswell, and this has been Toledo Symphony Lab from FM 91.